Hey, what's happening? Painter Sharpless with the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Today, a deep dive into the Ole Miss Auburn basketball game Tuesday evening. Ole Miss disappointed me greatly against Alabama. It was uh, I, I was pretty positive on on the podcast, but I was really uh, down uh, with that game because I have been pretty positive with the way things have gone and some of the you know I think misfortune that came Ole Miss's way. I just expected them to be a lot more competitive in that game. And I understand when you play a team like Alabama who shoots really well, that sometimes that happens. I mean, they put up a, a hundo. Like, that's that's tough. You, and and what I also talk about in the podcast today is that if they can get 78 points against Auburn, they'll put themselves in a great spot. Now, the other thing is Alabama doesn't play nearly as good a defense. They have been good at turning teams over. They took a lot more shots than Ole Miss, and those shots fell. Rebels, Tigers, run down, and again, Kermit Davis has got it going in the right direction. A little on that, and we'll also briefly, briefly at the end mention some of the success. I'm not going to deep dive too much into baseball. Uh, In fact, I just sort of graze my finger over the pond surface there. Just a little mention that the Rebels continuing to roll in baseball, and your boy, Servideo, yeah, he's uh, he's rolling too. So uh, a long, hard look at Ole Miss and Auburn, that matchup Tuesday evening at Auburn Arena. But first, a word from the folks who make this podcast possible. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on? Wow. Yes, another week here at Locked On Ole Miss. Fantastic. I mean, absolutely splendid. Really, really eager to get this going, if you know what I'm saying. Auburn, Ole Miss. Whoa, that was poppy. I did not care for that microphone. All right, moving right along here. What is it that we're going to talk about, you ask? Well, I've got you covered. Auburn and Ole Miss Tuesday night, that's right. And this time, it's not in the pavilion, which probably is not a good thing, statistically speaking. A few positives to draw on right now. It's very possible Auburn will still be out without their best player, Isaac Okoro, who is a freshman. And as the year has gone on, went from being a fringe first-rounder to a mid-rounder. And ESPN, among others, have him as a top-five prospect. And he may very well be the highest NBA prospect out of the conference with uh, with Anthony Edwards of Georgia not playing in the tournament. And I think James Wiseman, as many of you are already aware, no longer is with Memphis. And LaMelo Ball plays in Australia. Not sure Cole Anthony with North Carolina will be in the tournament. Maybe watch out for Obi Toppin with Dayton. Nonetheless, you get the point. And I guess I feel kind of slimy starting there, like starting with a guy who has a pulled hamstring. But let's face it. If you're an Ole Miss fan, your chances are greater if he's not there. The best defender on the team and perhaps the best defender, at least at his position, at a wing coming out of the draft this year. 
So that's good news in a way, even though you don't want to relish too much in a guy being injured. Uh, He should be back soon, though, and it is possible he could play. They've got Kentucky on the road, though, and while he might be available for Ole Miss, if you're Auburn, I think you play him if you feel really good about it, and you're certainly confident he would be good, it seems, all indications by Saturday. So whether or not he plays is certainly a thing to monitor, and Ole Miss fans are aware of that, or you are now, because you're listening to Locked On Ole Miss. Some other good things to note, Auburn does not shoot the three well, which for uh, among some other reasons, has been a part of the reason why they've not been able, been able to pull away from games. They're not necessarily consistent on offense, and one of the thing, things Okoro does so well, I'm really, really struggling to speak right now, and it's getting annoying. I'm uh, My apologies. Some people say you're not supposed to draw more attention to it. Plow ahead, but after the fourth time in like two minutes, it's getting kind of ridiculous. So Kermit Davis And Bruce Pearl know each other very well. They have coached against each other and have talked about this for many years. Kermit Davis has done well against Bruce Pearl, as evidenced by last year when the Rebels swept the Tigers. Ole Miss has won 12 of the last 15 matchups, including a 60-55 win last season. Those 55 points were the fewest the Tigers have scored in an SEC home game under Coach Bruce Pearl. Ole Miss defends the three well. Auburn does not shoot it well, but they will still take their threes as they do shoot the two very well. Austin Wiley and Anthony McLemore give them a difficult uh, combo, duo, to match with. Anthony shoots outside. Austin is able to rebound down low um, and is very physical and makes them one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the entire country, including this. They are one of the best top three in getting to the free throw line. They do not shoot free throws well. However, they take so many of them. Shooting at just under 70% is all right when you're getting almost 30 a game. So they will take threes even though they will probably not make them. If they if they shoot at a 30% clip from three, they are actually almost impossible to beat. That's obviously, that's a little dramatic. They are a tough matchup to beat. Generally, though, because of their defense, because they are efficient, shooting from two, and because they make enough free throws, even if they're not an efficient free throw shooting team, to stick around in every game. They start making a third of their threes or shooting 35% from three like they did against Tennessee. Uh, When they were down 17 with 14 and a half minutes to go, it was no problem. They went on an 18-0 run, took the lead, gave it back, took the lead again, never gave it back. Bruce Pearl's team has been lucky statistically, according to Ken Palm. They've just won a lot of close games. And they put themselves in some positions statistically that would prove otherwise unlikely to have won, including a ton of overtime games in conference play, some of which were back-to-back. I guess at this point you can look at a team as like Auburn as one you don't want to go down to the wire with because they're doing it so much now it sort of feels casual. Maybe they'll be in a good place by the time the tournament comes around. But if they shoot the three well, they don't have many weaknesses then. And the weakness is that they don't shoot the three well. In the win against Tennessee, they were outshot from the field, they were outshot from three, and they were out-rebounded. Tennessee turned the ball over, though. A double-digit margin turnover win for Auburn in that one, so they just got a lot of opportunities. They find a way to win, which is the most cliche and unhelpful analysis, but I say literally a way because I mean one way. They find a sliver, something you are not good at to exploit, The other thing they do, which is not attractive, they aren't as fun to watch this year because they're not putting up threes. And, and, you know, last year they turned teams over a lot. They're not turning teams over as much as they were last year. 
They settle more in their half-court offense. And you know what the good thing is, Ole Miss fans, is that Kermit Davis is perhaps one of the most prepared coaches against Bruce, Bruce Pearl because of what I mentioned earlier. They've seen each other so much. And does an ugly style of basketball with effort and defense and some timely shooting sound familiar to you at times anyway in Oxford? Yeah, maybe it does. I mean, Brian Tyree has gotten his, but it certainly hasn't always been consistent. I'll say this much, though. For the other players around him that have had some nice games, especially during that home stretch where they reeled off a couple of wins, and including, too, some close losses, especially the one in Rupp against Kentucky. And, yeah, the Missouri loss, they're not a great team this year, but they just beat Auburn as well. Devontae Shuler is averaging 19 points a game during the last three against Auburn. He scored 26 earlier this year. Brian Tyree was 12 for 12 perfect at the free throw line against Alabama in what was a disappointing and surprising loss to me. Look, I could have bought in that I was wrong that they wouldn't win the game. I thought they'd win a close one. They didn't win at all. That's fine, but they got absolutely taken in that one. We'll talk about it. A lot of steals for Alabama that led to more shooting opportunities, and they shot just a little bit better in each category. We'll get there. Getting ahead of myself. Tyree averaging 29.5 points per game during the past six, and he leads the SEC in scoring with 20.6 a game. He's 18th nationally. Right now, Rebels with 13th. As I mentioned, they're a good three-point defending team, and it's been one of the things I've repeated a lot when I've tried to say something positive about them, and it's something that they have done well. Defend from three, 13th best in the country. It's not really a strength of Auburn's, but they're still going to put up a decent volume, a decent number of shots. And Bruce Pearl has said the number is seven. If Auburn can hit seven threes a game, statistically, he feels like they're in a great place. If Auburn can hit seven threes a game, statistically, he feels like they're in a great place where they're difficult to beat. So watch that. Regardless of how many threes they take, obviously he'd like them to be more efficient. But if they can knock down seven threes, their coach thinks that with the way that they play offensively and their defense to match, in particular if they get Okoro back, and he's not wrong, they're real tough to beat. All five starters for Ole Miss are averaging double figures and wins. Not surprising because Tyree simply can't do it all on himself. That's not the best analysis, but it's obvious. Henson, 12 points a game. Schuler 11. Buffin, 11. Kadeem C, 10. When those guys are all productive... Not unlike Auburn, with the defense they play, you might have a guy or two who has a night off, but if someone else is picking up the slack, it's it's hard to, especially with Tyree playing the way he does, where you can just assume he's getting anywhere between 20 and 30 points a game. If someone else gives you a double-double and someone, you know, I mean, like it, the way that they, they don't need to score necessarily 80 points a game. The problem is when they play a team like Alabama that's not missing and Alabama's turning you over and taking more shots than you, and they're more efficient, yeah, not not likely, not likely to have a lot of success. So I keep mentioning Alabama. Let's go there real quick as I take a break from from the Auburn game because I, I do think the Auburn game is one that presents a, an opportunity for a number of reasons to be successful. That's Kermit Davis, Bruce Pearl's familiarity. The coaching record between them would indicate Davis does nicely. Pearl has had more talent in many instances, and that has not always won out. It bodes well for Auburn that they're at home as they've not lost at home this year. And I think in the last three seasons, four seasons, have lost something like three games. But Ole Miss did it last year. 
Did it twice. So Alabama comes to town. And that was another reason, speaking of home court advantage, like Auburn, Ole Miss has been in a big way better at home. Auburn 4-4 four and four this season away from Auburn Arena. That has not been, it has not been as favorable for the Rebels in that category. Ole Miss 1-8 and eight on the road this year. Just not good enough, even if you're not going to be great. Look, Kentucky 6-2. and two. On the road, LSU's five and four, Auburn's four and four. Those are your three teams at the top of the conference. I can keep going. It gets even worse. Florida's four and four. Excuse me. Florida's three and six. Mississippi State's three and six. AM has actually been impressively good on the road, all things considered. One, because of the way they started, and two, because they're 16 and 11, yet six and four away from home. Not, not, not terrible, honestly. Buzz Williams, look out if he can get some players there. Like Kerry Blackshear, who's now at Florida, who has continued to disappoint. Close game against Kentucky. Still came up short. But Ole Miss 1-8 and eight on the road, 10-5 and five at home. I mentioned shooting in the Ole Miss-Alabama game as it seemed relevant. Look, both teams shot well from the field, 55%. However, look at this, 37 of 67 for Alabama, 26 of 47. You're getting 20 more shots, Ooh. and then you look down at turnovers. Ole Miss turning turning it over 21 times to 12. Rebels did force seven steals, but those nine extra possessions, and you look at the 20 extra shots from the field, Alabama 13 of 30 from three. Ole Miss 6 of 18, which is fine. 33% on the year, excuse me, 33% in this game isn't spectacular, but Ole Miss has played in some games where that would have been good enough. Free throw percentage, 20 of 27 for Ole Miss, thing that they were not only more efficient at but took a similar amount, 16 of 28 for Alabama. So they shot 74% to Alabama's 57 from the free throw line. But look at the threes. I mean, 33 attempts to 18, Alabama knocking down more than double what Ole Miss was able to do. Well, seven extra threes, that'll get you a lot of your points right there. Don't turn it over. 21's too many. 78 points for Ole Miss is a good outing. There's a lot of games and a lot of teams that that gets a win against. And if the bench is giving you 31, yikes, that's not a great, mm, boy, I would like to look at the plus minus for the teams. That's not going to be pretty. Nato said the ball was really moving. I guess he wasn't lying. Remember, Alabama had lost six straight in Oxford. This was part of the reason why, again, not only this year is Ole Miss a significantly better team at home, but uh, they were kind of reeling, and they'd been on a nice little run when they'd had some home games. And that's this is a team at home they've had no problem dispatching. Not so this year. Uh, this is another game in which the officiating got in the way, I would say. Uh, look, the fouls, I don't know what to do um, with the officiating, but it's got to be better, and it's got to be addressed this offseason. Blake Lovell came on and talked about it, and it was bad again this weekend. And because of that, you know, and it's sort of annoying that we're having to sit here and talk about it. I know a lot of people enjoy talking about the officials, it's easy to bash them. I'd rather not. It's not really interesting. I mean, you want the refs to be competent. You want to not notice them. In the SEC, I don't know what the deal is, but people have not been able to adequately and consistently officiate. And that's going to be interesting to watch because it's an area that Auburn has been so good at is drawing fouls this year and getting to the free throw line. And in a game against Georgia, I think they, they only took 13 free throws last week. They lost that one by double digits, a team they beat by more than 20 at home. Big part of that is that was, you know, half their output normally of what they make in free throws, but quite inconsistent for most of the games they've been in all year. 
you can read into that however you want to, but I do think it's interesting. And, and uh, one thing's been consistent, and it's that I don't think any of the the NCAA refs are quite sure how to to call all these physical SEC games that are kind of a slog, truth be told. I do like this line Kermit Davis had after he got tossed. Just a nice ejection. Quote, it kind of surprised me. The game never got into a rhythm. It was one of those kind of games. You hate it for the fans, the fans and the players. You do actually, because it's not as fun to watch for the fans. I guess in his own defense, while I sort of am snarky about that, he he does want the players to get a cleanly called game. And if it, you know, if there's not consistency within the game, and you officiate a certain way early, and then you you back off that, it that gets frustrating among some other things. But he's right. Like this is an overarching problem that the league and and the NCAA need to address because the refs are not SEC refs. They're rotating, but it doesn't seem like it's just an an Ole Miss thing. It seems like in general, it's been tough for them to to call SEC games. For, for whatever it is, their style of play or lack of skill. I don't, you know, I don't think that's it, but well, maybe it's just a little bit. But all in all, that'll be a hot topic. The officiating is never going to get a ton of love, but it certainly deserved more of the scrutiny it's gotten, I think, than in some past years. Nonetheless, that didn't have much to do with getting beat by 25, all right? I can understand the frustration, but they took 20 more shots. They turned you over more, and they shot more efficiently. I mean, all that, and consider hitting six consecutive field goals but never getting closer than 11. And look, as I mentioned earlier, Tyree, 28 points. Schuler, 21 points. Henson, 11 points. And he went, well, wait a minute, Painter. You just said if the guys, you know, are all contributing, well, that's only three of them. But I will say, again, this was an example of a game that a lot of times is the blueprint for success for Ole Miss. But not when you give them a bunch of extra opportunities to shoot and they're better at it than you. That isn't going to do it. They're going to have to figure out a way. Uh, There was a lot about this game that if they shoot that well against a lot of teams, again, they win. But Alabama, the one thing, they don't play great defense, but they kind of looked like they did in this one, and that was the difference because they do play good offense, spoiler, and they do shoot a lot of threes, and you can't keep up, and you gave them a lot more opportunities to do that. So... Uh, keep that going offensively, and against Auburn, it might be enough. Like, if you shoot thirty, nearly 35% from three, and you shoot 55% from the field, and you get a similar amount of free throw production, it's going to be a close game. It'll come down to, again, like, those turnovers. And can Auburn turn them over or vice versa? Is that the right use of that? I'm not sure, but uh, Auburn has not been a good team at forcing steals this year, but they were against Tennessee, and it proved to be a monumental difference in Auburn not falling in its third straight game and feeling a little bit more confident without their best player, Isaac Okoro. So Auburn plays an unattractive style of basketball. It is efficient, though, top 40, and defense top 65. And with Isaac Okoro back out there, uh, it'll be interesting to watch because he would be fresh. It'll be curious to see the minutes they give him. Auburn has been good offensively at not turning it over. Not great, but they've been good. Top 80. I mean, out of 300, so I'm not bad. Um, they've not, they've just been quite literally middle of the road at, at turning teams over defensively. That's not been a strong suit for them. They are fantastic at getting offensive rebounds and getting second chance points and average at defensive rebounding. Uh, again, can't stress enough how they use the free throw line as a weapon. They will get to the free throw line a lot. They will attack the basket a lot. They are a bad, bad three-point shooting team, and Ole Miss is good at that. Uh, they will take looks, and they will probably have some open looks. 
It will be curious to see, though, with the way Ole Miss plays defense there. Uh, you know, that'll be an interesting thing to watch. Does it matter if they have open looks? Maybe not. Two-point percentage, great. They shoot well close to the basket. They get to the basket a lot. Free throws, no, they're not good at shooting them, really. They're not efficient, but they do make a lot of them. Uh, they're good at not getting their shots blocked, and they are good at blocking shots and adjusting people at the rim. Both McLemore and Austin Wiley do that well. Middle of the road to not grade it. Uh, you know, offensively, they've, they've sometimes gotten a little loose with the ball, and they don't often turn teams over. They're quite, quite the, the average there. The blueprint is not unlike what they were able to do against Alabama. It's just that they simply can't be so loose with the ball. And Auburn, it's not really been a strength of them to turn teams over. Last time they met, Kermit Davis said it. Rebels couldn't guard the dribble penetration without sending them to the foul line. This was something I mentioned earlier in the pod. But like, if they're calling a lot of free throws, that certainly seems to be advantage Auburn as it's been one of the ways that they've manufactured their points. And uh, whether it's smear Dowdy slashing or whether it's, you know, going to Austin Wiley, like those are really efficient, likely ways to get points. And they happen to be two of their best free throw shooters. Javon McCormick, the point guard, is quick and good at getting to the basket. He's smaller, though, and can have trouble finishing. And also, he's not, he's just above a 50% free throw shooter. So you'd rather send him to the line than their big guy or the shooting guard, Smear Dowdy. But if they're not hitting threes, in particular, if Ole Miss, the way that they defend the three, if, if, you look at a team like Auburn, not a strength for, of them to shoot it well, and you add to that that you know Auburn, while they've been much better shooting it at home, will be facing one of the best three-point defending teams in the country. It's It could spell trouble for Auburn getting many points. And so if you can get 78 points against Auburn in Auburn Arena, there's a very good chance you can win that game if you're Ole Miss. They can't be sloppy with the ball. They cannot get wrecked on the glass either, especially with second-chance points. Auburn is a much superior rebounding team, particularly on, particularly on the offensive glass, and so that is something to watch. Is you know easy cheap buckets under the basket if they if, you know if they dribble, penetrate, and kick, and start hitting threes and are able to space out just a little bit, and that makes life easier for Samir Dowdy and you know Austin Wiley. That's when it gets really tough to defend. And uh, if they're not hitting threes, which is a, a very great possibility, again seven the magic number Pearl said. Magic in that, you know, it makes it, it starts based on their output when they're getting just a little more than 20 points from three. They're, they're in a great spot. So the recipe and Kermit Davis knows this and Bruce Pearl will say this more than most because of the amount of times they've played. The blueprint is there. It's going to be a matter of execution and how well Ole Miss can execute at the things that, that they are good at, like defending the three, a weakness of Auburn, not not allowing them to get cheap second points not allowing them to penetrate and at least doing your best to, to you know to to make the officials really work to put them at the free throw line and that some of that's out of your control and it's going to be an Auburn arena and for what that's worth it seems to be a lot as it's been one of the best home court advantages over the last three seasons now in college basketball my pick is Auburn in this one I was surprised at the outcome and quite wrong in fact in that Alabama loss that they gave the rebels but I think going on the road, uh, it'll be a close one. I don't think that Auburn has the ability to pull away. Curious to see what happens with Isco Coro. Might have some limited minutes, and that certainly will matter greatly. Won't be surprised if they sit him and, and wait until the Kentucky game, but Ole Miss fans ought to be prepared to be the first team where Isco Coro plays again. And, uh, you know, his his athleticism, he'll be fresh, as fresh as you can be coming off of a pulled hamstring anyway. And, uh, 
you know, I think the home court advantage is going to be too much for a team that has been better at home at shooting threes, and for that reason, complemented with the defense they play, with their rebounding ability, hitting free throws in volume, not efficiently, uh, too many weapons for Auburn that's too deep, and, and is starting to have some players off the bench who are freshmen, mainly Devin Cambridge and Jalen Williams, two very athletic players for Auburn, playing the three and the four, backing up some more experienced players for Auburn and backing up true freshman eyes Gokoro, which has meant more minutes for those guys. And uh, it's starting to look like it's coming together for some of Auburn's bench. And at home, I think there's just too much working against Ole Miss. But again, I say all of that to say this. If you get to 78 points like you did against Alabama, you put yourself in a fantastic spot. And Kermit Davis did that last year when he swept Bruce Pearl and the Tigers. More great news for Ole Miss baseball as Anthony Servideo has started to grab a lot of people's attention. Ole Miss junior shortstop was, uh, he's named National Player of the Week by Collegiate Baseball. 7 of 14 last week. It began against Alcorn State for Servideo. Really, it's just continued all season. He was 3 of 5, 3 runs scored, 2 stolen bases, 2 RBI, and a walk-off homer in the 10th inning. Kind of a quiet Friday, one of three, two walks. Servideo uh, picked it up from there, one of three with a three-run home run. And then on Sunday, another homer to the deepest part of the field. He was two for three with two runs scored and two RBI. In just seven games, he's matched his career home run total with four. For the year, he's hitting an even 500. A great start for him and the Rebels as they continue to roll thus far. That's going to wrap it up for today. A baseball uh, nod there at the end. I, I'm not going to spend much time talking about that as uh, the Rebels handled Xavier. But uh, I think there's a lot going on here in basketball. I went really narrow with the analysis of what Auburn does well, what Ole Miss has done well in stretches and where they've, of course, struggled. And you know we've talked some in the last week and a half here about what it is that you can expect to see in the future at Ole Miss and with Ole Miss basketball, and I think it is positive. I really do. It's, I was surprised and quite quite honestly the most disheartened I'd been this season. And some of you might be going, well, that's silly. There's some worse stretches in there. But, yeah, I mean, they, they took some close losses there. You'd have liked to have seen them split one of those. And I just thought it was a lackluster performance with the turnovers and some of those steals. Uh, and Alabama's been good at turning people over, and they've certainly been good at shooting. So uh, that they sort of fell into to what Alabama wanted to do. But – that was not the game I was expecting, even if it was, you know, it, I had picked Ole Miss to win a close one, not a, not to be blown out. And certainly I didn't think it was going to come at the hands of an Alabama team that quite honestly had been struggling in its own way recently. With that said, uh, if you go back and listen on some of the more recent Locked On Ole Miss podcasts, yes, you can go back your team every day. You can hear why it is, I think, that the guy Kermit still got it moving in the right direction. And we'll talk more about that this offseason as there's not a lot of time left in the regular season for college basketball. It is it is almost here, less than, what, two weeks away? March 7th, SEC tournament coming up. March Madness, a fun time of the year. And we'll have a lot more football to talk this week as well here on the Locked on Ole Miss podcast at Paint Sharpless on Twitter. Thanks for hanging with Wow. Thanks for hanging with me today. How about that? Let's get out of here. Be easy, y'all.
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.